Hello and welcome to this first UNDP podcast where we're going to talk about the Traditional Governance and Customs Facilitation Bill 2018. In this episode, we will hear the Permanent Secretary in the Ministry of Traditional Governance, Peace and Ecclesiastical Affairs, Mr. Peter Mai, and the Permanent Secretary in the Ministry of Women, Youth, Children and Family Affairs, Dr. Sendrik Alependava. I am Gina Kikea. The Traditional Governance and Customs Facilitation Bill was formulated from a policy of the Solomon Islands government in 2014. This policy stressed the need for a traditional governance system in general, thus the formation of the Traditional Governance Customs and Facilitation Bill. Dr. Alependava with the background details of how and why the Traditional Governance, Customs and Facilitation Bill came about. Uh, basically in Solomon Islands, in the islands you have the governance structure, traditional governance structure, whereby you have paramount chief, then you have all the tribal chief, then you have village chief, then you later have elders. These are the structures, traditional structures, put in place in order to be able to govern any uh, mischiefs, any conflict, any dispute, or any problem that occurs or arises in our villages and communities. Some of them are quite strong, some are weak. Nonetheless, this traditional governance is not formally recognized by our formal governance system in Solomon Islands. Uh, in our national constitution, recognizes customary law, but not very much on traditional governance. In 2018, just four years after the policy document, the traditional governance, customs and facilitation bill made it into parliament. During the consultation stage, 44 witnesses appeared before the Bills and Legislation Committee from 19 September to 5 October. Most that appeared before the committee expressed the desire to have the bill withdrawn and the policy issues further developed and taken back to the public in a broader and robust consultation process. In December of the same year, after the BLC hearing process, the bill was then brought to the floor of Parliament for debate. It was during the debate the Traditional Governance, Customs and Facilitation Bill was withdrawn by the decision of the Minister. So I did actually acknowledge or did actually recognize the fact that it was not an overnight bill or a bill that's supposed to be an overnight and not that it was in that hasty period, hence making the bill as not a good bill. It was really not that, but just that the condition at the time. But what matters in that regard is that we went in and then developed that phase, and eventually when we are prepared for the BLC, there is that findings, there is that need to, if you can use this term, of just how important to go a bit more. And so the BLC, as you know, in 2018, called for a withdrawal. And so it was withdrawn on that common understanding. Although the parliament did not pass the draft bill, 
the Traditional Governance Customs and Facilitation Bill remained a priority for the national government. The bill provides a framework to institutionalize, manage and regulate the traditional governance system. So it's a flagship policy by DCGA. Uh, started with DCCG and then eventually with DCGA. So it's a flagship policy. And having a flagship policy, it is core, substantive, if you like. Pretty much fundamental too, if you like. This touches on land, you know, which is, I know, there's another jurisdiction and which is responsible. So the responsibility given to us is direct. Simply means this is the policy of you. So it comes with leadership, it comes with taking ownership, it comes with all of those operational expectations, so to be budget side of it, uh, commitment to it, uh, where the executive must put priority to it. So those are the expectations of the government and of course the financing aspect to it given by SIG to this extent. And in 2020, I mean 2020 I would like to say more light, but we all know the COVID situation. So we did actually took off in the third quarter, fourth quarter. Though much on the third quarter and given the bit of slow, that's where we took on in giving responsibility to us by government. Of course in 2020 we were fortunate in our development estimates that resource for that light actually given by the government. So I think the task on government to us is also being added on the fact that they recognize this important part. Since its withdrawal in Parliament, the Ministry of Traditional Governance, Peace and Ecclesiastical Affairs are taking the lead in coordinating consultations for the bill in general. This is done in partnership with agencies like UNDP and UN Women. Currently, the bill is still in the consultation stage, with both ministries happy with its progress to date. We went into focus groups now. So in 2019, 2020, uh, 2021, we, we went more specific, uh, more, more, more to actually able to actually collect and gather from those. So the focus groups are so much bar association, for example, something that was not done in 2017 and 18. Women on their side of the consultation, which is intensively and hugely consulted, if you like, which is taken up by UN Women and the Ministry of Responsible, wasn't being the case too on that one. We also put specifically youths too in 2020 and 2020, 21 consultations. Hasn't, hasn't not complete yet for 2021. Uh, we've just completed the Shortland ones uh, in Western Province, but that is the focus to allow that intensity and more specific to it. Though we've done it in uh, pretty much one and a half years in 2017, 18. So the, this is the uh, consultation that yes, we went deep into it, and kind of like being mindful when went deep into it. In that, never, never, we have to turn all stones. Never left any stone until because of that realization, you know. Consultation has has been done with uh, partnership um, from uh, Ministry of Traditional Governance, Peace, Ecclesiastical Affairs and UN women in provinces. So 
preparatory and consultation ses sessions were held in Malaita, Western Guadalcanal, Choiso, and Lohoniara. And uh, according to UN um, women, each of the five preparatory and consultation sessions should consist of 50 women in total. A grand total of 250 women leaders uh, was therefore um, expected to be consulted on this for traditional governance and custom facilitation bill for all 10, 10 provinces throughout Solomon Islands, including Honiara. Women participants were selected from you know, provincial women wards, councils, churches, NGOs, young women, private sector, large-scale mining, uh, agriculture investment, government, including national and provincial desk offices, representing security, social, and natural resources sector. And then simultaneously, a validation workshop was also held on 5th to 6th of May 2021. Uh, just to put in more voices, look at the women inside Lodis for a traditional governance bill so that it is, it is more gender equality than just one-sided because it has been found uh, that um, although some of these metrolinean societies uh, women now on them land women now um, uh, carrying tribes but then it is the men who dominate decision making not not the woman so in this bill we we, we are anticipating and we we wish that voices below women can be also heard uh, through this, uh, this bill when it becomes uh, an act. The Traditional Governance Customs and Facilitation Bill aims to empower tribal chiefs and traditional leaders in dispute resolution. It facilitates their participation, coordination and contribution in partnership dialogues between the government and traditional institutions. It establishes a platform for traditional leaders and tribal chiefs to participate in peace building, community policing, community respect, environmental preservation, development partnerships, and the management of customary properties. Resources stays much to the tertiary level of governance. In other words, society, villages, tribes. That's where most of the resources and the custodian to that extent pretty much on tribes uh, and so you are these traditional institutions and so it comes to that idea of suppose we institutionalize them at least we bring them not so much on the forefront but pretty much into where they were being informal to formal a better coordinated approach to communicate between the government and traditional institutions is anticipated in this piece of legislation. The Traditional Governance Customs and Facilitation Bill will formally establish a platform that will recognize, strengthen and empower the informal governing structures and integrate them within the statutory system. It enables traditional leaders and tribal chiefs to play an active, formal role in the decision-making process but also in harmonizing the customary governance with the contemporary legislation. This will allow them to be involved in economic and social matters. Leaders at the community, we call them traditional leaders or chiefs, has always been their role 
in overseeing and dealing in terms of resolved in those like related disputes. Aside of the disputes or conflicts into which where they have strong gravity, it would have to be for the police courts. So all that has been occurred uh, in the trigger was pretty much the need then for the bill. It is a fluid society, put it this way. It's a fluid society. And you have huge of them through House of Chiefs, Council of Chiefs. When you when you pick land as an example, given the issue of importance, it was provided under the local court act. But it's only as and when they were needed because the act did actually say that begin with land settlement through the House of Chiefs. So here you are, these institutions become known then. It is only known then when it is need to be known on a particular area. So that's where they came in. But then all along, they become more fluid in where they are, as you and I know, aside of, or unlike police, unlike CSI, those state-instituted instituted, uh, mechanisms. Apart from allowing traditional leaders and tribal chiefs, with the inclusion of women in the consultation process, this will also allow them to be part of the decision-making process in the community. Um, I'm very happy. I'm, w I'm very happy so that um, our women who are more victimized uh, and also violence against women in high and uh, also because uh, men are more dominant, this, this bill will definitely give voices for women so that their voices can be heard. Uh, they can be also involved in decision-making um, so that uh, when women are involved in decision-making and their voice are heard, development by me fostered. And then we will have a, a good community where much development, less trouble and conflict, and there is peace. Dispute resolution in communities is mostly performed by traditional leaders. Currently, the traditional system of resolving conflicts or disputes is not formally recognized by the legal system. This bill, once passed, will give recognition to traditional governance systems and connect this to the democratic systems. Developing an inclusive traditional governance bill, leaving no one behind, is part of the Inclusive Governance of Natural Resources Project, which is being implemented by UNDP and UN Women with the financial support of the United Nations Peace Building Fund. In this episode, you have heard the Permanent Secretary in the Ministry of Traditional Governance, Peace and Ecclesiastical Affairs, Mr. Peter Mai, and the Permanent Secretary in the Ministry of Women, Youth, Children and Family Affairs, Dr. Sendrik Alependava. I am Gina Kekea. Thank you very much for staying with me.